it's all right everyone episode two episode dose talking about internships applying for jobs during covid a little bit about our backgrounds and how we've come so far (laughs) literally how we've gotten here how we got here how we got Um, our big girl jobs literally and uh just trying to give some you know practical career advice um since I know a majority of my audience is definitely students, college students um, approaching graduation rather quickly. It sneaks up on you. So I guess I'll let Imani go first. Yes, I can go over my background. Um, if you don't know, I'll mention it again. I majored, uh, I, first I went to Kent State University and I majored in fashion design. And so I did three internships. Uh, Two of them were through my school. One of them I actually found through somebody else. So um, my first internship I did studying abroad in Florence, Italy for a small boutique called Essere Atelier. My second internship I got while I was in New York. Um, Actually, my Airbnb host worked in fashion. She knew somebody who was looking for a position. Um, And that's how I got my my second internship working as a production assistant and then my a production internship rather and then my third internship I uh, also did through my school which was in South Korea I worked for a major um, manufacturing company um, that works with brands like Target and Walmart and now I have my big girl job as a production assistant for a major company that you guys will all will probably know. Mm, short and sweet. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I'll go a little bit into about my background. Uh, I presume it's, it was very different, but yes, <laughs> I essentially, essentially tried getting a summer internship as soon as my freshman year. Um, so I went to WPI. Worcester Polytechnic Institute, which is a very small um, STEM school in central Massachusetts studying chemical engineering. And uh, we pride ourselves on experience early on. They tell you that as soon as you come through the gates, at least they did at my school. Um, Struggled finding internships, but I was really determined to work during college, both for just personal reasons, um, as well as financial reasons, obviously, Um, got my first job in college two months in after I arrived at the ATC Academic Technology Center as an IT assistant, which is where um, I stayed until graduation. Sophomore year came around, um, didn't get a summer internship, so I worked all throughout summer. Sophomore year, picked up another position on campus as a major in a mission ambassador, um, essentially kind of lifestyle map planning, which is exactly what kind of my social media platforms are turning into slightly, Um, mapping out uh, people's mission, what their passion is in life, specifically students on campus. Summer junior year, I actually volunteered to work for free in uh-uh. the city of Boston as a research and development engineer for a startup company called Soliard. They're in the textile industry, focusing on making textiles or fabrics conductive without changing the shape of the fabric, which was really interesting. That was a really good experience. Um, junior year, I also picked up another job on campus. My third one is a project manager for our web development team. Um 
for a specific department on campus. So I worked as many as three jobs at one point, working every summer, um, doing various things uh, off and on campus, kind of developing my people skills, et cetera. So yeah, that's a little bit about. <laughs> well, bit and now I guess I forgot yeah. to mention where I am now. I work upstream uh, as a product um, custom hardware engineer for a biotech company. So I did. I must have done something right. <laughs> we we obviously both did because we both were able to find jobs. But I found my job a little bit differently than how you found your job. So I guess I'll go into how I found my job because I, the way I've, all of my positions that I've been in, in my industry, I actually didn't really try so hard to get them. Denise, on the other hand, like tooth and nail fighting to get the positions, (laughs) fighting to get the positions that she has. Um, So... How I got my current position was, I guess we'll start how after I graduated. I graduated uh, May 2020 in the midst of the pandemic, um, a really shitty situation. Um, And I didn't- Me too. (laughs) I didn't find a job. Um, I I had been applying to jobs since 2019. I had been applying to jobs since 2019. But at that time, like the fashion industry is quick to hire. And so everybody was like, oh, can you start like next week? I'm like, "Mm, I can't. This was before like before March, before the pandemic really hit. So people were like, oh, like, can you come in next week? Can you come in this week? So I really thought that I would have a job lined up by the end of graduation. Obviously, that didn't work out because I had been unemployed from May of 2020 till, um, till we'll say October. No, we'll say, when was it? August. So from May of 2020 to August about, I was kind of making money selling masks. I was just sewing and making masks. And that's how I made my money. Then I got a job at Joann's. I was only there for less than a month, really before I got another position where I moved to Atlanta. Um, That position, I was working for a small boutique. It was not a great experience. So we're not even gonna delve into into that. (laughs) And so that job had let me go while I was on a road trip in Arizona. She had hit me up and called me and said, "Um, I can no longer afford to pay you. Um, So yeah, you're you're done. So, So after, I had been interviewing and applying to jobs. No one wanted to hire me. Like I'm talking, I had a situation where I had gone through three rounds of interview process. I had met the CEO. You could have, t- Ooh, I thought I was getting this position. And then when they emailed me and said, actually, we're going to go forth with somebody else. I'm like, y'all are fools for wasting my time. Anyway, <laughs> I had called my mentor at the time. I had worked with her um, in New York while I was doing my internship uh, and I had worked underneath her. I had called her crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't have, you know, I've been applying to jobs. No, but nothing's been, nothing's been sticking. She was like, oh, I just got this job. We really need an assistant. I'm a push for you to be at the company. 
she pushed for me to be at the company and that's how I'm at this job now. Like literally that's it. I don't really, I, I didn't at the time have the experience to really be in this position. I, I really felt like, you know, you know how you hear about like white people, not white people, you know how you hear about rich people, rich people, rich people. And, um, uh, what's it call it? Like people who have family and businesses and they get hired just so easily. That's how I felt. I felt like one of them. Like I was really, like I was grandfathered into this position because I knew somebody. And that's just kind of how things worked on my end. Networking really allowed me to, to get to this position. It allowed me to get my internships. Uh, it really worked for me. But yeah. Denise's situation Definitely. is completely different. Mine is completely different. So to backtrack a little bit, the only reason I got my internship, which I so volunteered to show up, obviously, because they were a startup and they didn't have the funding, which they made that very clear, by the way, that was my decision. Um, That one was through networking as well, through my partner that I was with at that time. He had connections with people in the company, recommended, you know, my background because I was ChemEng and that's how that stuck. However, Despite all the networking that I did do from freshman year, every single summer when I didn't get an internship, I was on like cold calling people on LinkedIn. So if you're not aware, when you connect with someone on LinkedIn, always add that message before you send the invitation because they see it in their inbox versus you just giving them a friend request. So that's tip number one. I, despite doing that and, you know, expanding my network on LinkedIn, which I can always reach back out to people, I didn't keep up with the connections throughout my undergraduate degree to, I guess, be in the position to kind of reach back out to them to ask for a job or to ask for a referral or to ask to move my resume through the company, because we only had maybe one or two brief introductions So I I believe that by my senior year, you know, even my junior year, when I was looking for internships, I didn't position myself accordingly. I got through the introduction. I got on the phone call to talk about our different backgrounds, where people were in their career, because I was really lost. I wasn't sure if I even wanted to stay in Kemenge majority of my time in school. So that was kind of a kill two birds with one stone. One, I can network and two, I can gain information um, to see what different industries chemical engineers are working in. So I wouldn't say it was for nothing. Um, Definitely that knowledge built over time because I knew by the time senior year came around what key titles or roles to input depending on my previous conversations with people. So yeah, the way I stumbled upon my current position was through a traditional a job post. I believe it was on LinkedIn. It might've been on Glassdoor. I didn't know anyone in the company beforehand. I just so happened to be applying during the time when this company was going through an acquisition and um, going through a hiring uh, surge, if you will. So expanding rather quickly in the next 12 months. Um, Other than that, what worked for you during the time when you were unemployed and what didn't work if you can give any advice to people who are maybe about to graduate or you know etc like how does one go about networking especially if you're shy too what worked and what didn't work um 
with networking, how did I go about networking? I really just talked to people and got to know people without networking originally being at the forefront of my mind. Like I really just sincerely wanted to be friends with people and get to know them and understand their history and their background because they were where I wanted to be. So for me, it was more like a learning experience. So I looked more at the network that I was creating as uh, creating like a web of mentors, if that makes sense, or trying to trying to connect the dots and building um, like a roadmap for myself. Um, right. And as for what didn't work, for me, what didn't work was just cold applying to jobs. Like the fashion industry, <laughs> the fashion industry is very small, despite what people may think. It's extremely small. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and people people don't stay at the same place for more than two to five years. So people have jumped throughout different brands. So they literally know everybody. Um, so I'd say networking and fashion is probably the most important aspect of it. Like just applying to jobs really didn't work for me because I didn't have the, the end with anybody at those positions that I was applying to. Yeah, that's really, that's a really good point. Um, I've noticed at least with our younger generation, apparently people, um, engineers are more prone to moving the, at that frequency as well, that two to five years. So maybe it's a industry wide thing, um, with younger people because it was kind of looked down upon with older generations. Um, one other thing I found helpful was determining, one, what industries I was passionate about or preferred to work over others, and then figuring out what the hubs of those industries. So pharmaceuticals and biotech are specifically kind of the most popular for chemical engineers because of the process engineering, the manufacturing skills that go behind it. So New England, aka Massachusetts and California were the two main hubs for biotech slash pharma. So a lot of the jobs I had applied to over 500 at that point, you start to see patterns and similarities within the job posts and what they require. And you also start to see kind of the skill sets. So on LinkedIn, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, I believe they will tell you what specific skill sets they're looking for. What I did, if I really wanted to apply for a job and I really wanted to stand out or match the candidate profile, I would immediately go into my profile and add those same exact keywords. So it'll tell you like two out of 10 skills match for this job. Okay, well, you have control over that. So go change that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that every time, obviously, because it, it can become very time consuming. But I essentially approached it kind of like, Again, my brain thinks in systems, so I try to automate everything. Um, and LinkedIn was definitely a tool that I learned to use very well, forward and backwards. Yeah, I also did the same thing when I was applying to job. Of course, I would use the keywords that they had in each of their job posts because, for the most part, I was applying to the same positions. I was either mm-hmm. applying to a production assistant or to or as a technical design assistant. So I had my resume for production assistant. I had my resume for technical design assistant. I had my cover letter for production assistant. I had my cover letter for technical design assistant, and then would just change the date and the company that I was applying to on the on the right. cover letter. 
And then I, I, I didn't apply to 500. I applied to 80, 80 positions. Um, and I also cold emailed a couple of people as well. I would yep. cold email some brands that I was really passionate about joining. Um, Cause I really specifically wanted to work for a smaller brand and preferably a, uh, a woman or minority led brand. Mm. And even though I work for a major company, it's more like the umbrella company. The specific brand that I work for is super small, all women and just more intimate than that. So it's kind of exactly what I had been searching for. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, another tip I'll, I'll throw out, um, just in case anyone's really struggling is always apply as many filters as you can and then delete them as you go. That's for LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Monster, et cetera. I would highly suggest that you guys start applying for jobs that were posted within a week, possibly 24 hours, because anything past the 30 day mark that has been an active listing, if you think about it, the recruiter most likely already has people in the pipeline that they're interviewing. So you putting in your application at the very beginning, it's most likely, you're most likely going to be um, declined that offer if they have people in the pipeline. So I would definitely start with relevant listings first. Um, that does make a huge difference. Um, okay, so I kind of want to pivot and talk about, because we've had very different experiences. I was extremely stressed out during undergrad um, and extremely concerned because I didn't have a 4.0 and I didn't have the experience to kind of back that. So that was constant anxiety in the back of my head. Do you think like how pivotal is specifically internship experience? Um, none of, except for the ones that I got through school, which... Okay, I, let me break it down. The Italy internship I got through my school, but they didn't really care about GPA. That wasn't a determining factor. The one in New York, of course, I got, you know, networking. So no, they did not ask for my GPA. That was not ever brought up. Mind you, I'm a fashion design major. That means most of my internships have been under merchandising. So I was really going in having no clue, no clue yeah. what, what was going on. Like this was a new thing for, for me. And nobody really asked me about um, what did I learn during school or anything like that. That was never really right. asked. Um, for my South Korea internship, they did, because that was a competitive, um, a competitive position, I, they did ask for my GPA and ask for like my qualifications and stuff. But other than that, it has not been a determining factor. And since applying to jobs, nobody's asked me for my GPA. Nobody really cares that I major in fashion design and currently working a merchandising position. So <laughs> it does not matter. We're going to emphasize that throughout the rest of the podcast because I'm going to second that as a STEM major. And it, it really stinks in a way because I wish I could go back to my younger self and be like, stop focusing on these things because they're so irrelevant. Nobody cares about your GPA, even in STEM. And I know as engineers, we tend to have like this persona where we have to 
you know, everyone looks up to us or the, the major is already hard enough. So people don't expect you to come out with the 4.0. In fact, I have heard stories of people being rejected for having a 4.0 because their GPA was too high. Thus, employers became concerned because at that point, it's like you're not well-rounded. You're not well-rounded. Those soft skills, for at least for STEM majors, are a lot more important than some of the technical skills, depending on the exact position that you're applying for. So my internship was asking for more technical skills because their team was like less than five. So I needed to come in and actually, you know, contribute to the process, right? Because it's a lot more demanding. But in corporate America, they ask you in general, they, I feel like in corporate, now that I am here, they're more concerned with your soft skills, with your people working skills and trying to ensure that you can work in a team. Granted, I work remotely. We both do. And but... mind you, we both work remotely. We lucked into these positions. <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing, though. I don't want to say we lucked into them because we were both kind of unaware. Like I, when I got yeah. this job, I sincerely thought that I had, I would have had, I would have had to move to New York within the yeah. next couple of months of getting it. But so far the job has been remote and I've been yes. loving it. <laughs> same, same. And I really want to emphasize that to people, especially like students that are still currently in school. If you are not getting traditional internship experiences, go work at your Chipotle. I'm being serious. I had that on my resume at one point, because if you can market yourself and you can sell your skill sets and everything, you can spin anything. And you're not lying because you're actively working with multiple people under very stressful conditions, eight hours a day. That mentality and that way of working is applicable to every industry. So I also had to tell myself that too, because I was like, oh my goodness, when I first started applying, where do I start? Do I filter by the role title? industry location turns out that if you figure out what your skill sets are and I know people say this all the time but how they're applicable to a wide range of things typically working with people others unless you're really going to be working by yourself all day every day you can apply that to any industry the industry doesn't matter as much so then at that point you start to or at least I started to realize that I didn't have to tailor my resume cuz let me tell you how many revisions that thing went through lord that was rough um I don't know do you for a fashion majors have to like how important are quantitative metrics on your resume cuz I had a lot of numbers um on mine uh- Sorry, Zoom was sending a message. Mm-hmm. Um, how many quantitative metrics that I have on my resume? Absolutely zero. I had really none. no. Um, so the most important thing that I had to have on my resume um, as someone working in production was systems. They really want uh, mm-hmm. emphasis on. Do you know how to work Excel? Do you know how Outlook works? Can you work in a uh, Google Google Drive? Um, do you know how to? Are you system savvy? Um, so that's kind of how that kind of goes, because a lot of my work is is dealing with people. Not a lot of my work. All of my work is dealing with people, and some of it is data entry. 
but all of it is dealing with people and trying to, essentially I'm a liaison. So yeah, I'm dealing with people all the time. So it really is about how well, just soft skills, how well you're able to deal with people, how well you're able to communicate. Um, yeah, I'm just communicating all day. There's no numbers involved with communicating. <laughs> Absolutely. We should do a skit where we uh, hash out like interview questions. I feel like that would be really helpful. I know <laughs> I, I watched a lot of them uh, when I was prepping for my interviews. I made documents. I made like mock-up questions because it took so much effort for me to get the interview that I was like, I'm not effing up this phone call. I'm not effing up this video chat. And I do have horror stories because um, I had multiple job offers by the time May came around because I had put in so many applications. I didn't expect them to come in all at once. They did. So I was getting a lot of practice like back to back and kind of optimizing my tone of voice and what I was saying to people. But yeah, I don't know. Did you um, did you prep for your phone calls at all? I did prep, but not as thoroughly as you. I did look up, my prepping was doing research. Essentially, you want to know the brand. It's really important in fashion mm -hmm. to, to know and understand the brand. So I looked up the brand, um, kind of looked at the most recent news about the brand, kind of what's going on. Um, I then looked up like the most common interview questions and um had prepared and i didn't have prepared answers i had prepared bullet points because when you have prepared answers you end up sounding too robotic so i had bullet points of each thing that i wanted to mention when they asked that specific question because i believe every single question that i had been asked in an interview i had already prepared for um so it was really easy to go through yes um, but yeah it would that's it I didn't was really prepping helpful for you? Prepping was helpful because I get anxious. So Same. prepping, of course, is super, super helpful for me. I would, I would, um, because most of it was for video. So I would prep, make sure that my lighting looked good, make sure that everybody knew that I had an interview. So like, right. be quiet. I, I made sure that I looked good. I, I literally, because <laughs> I have, um, I used to have the light that you could change colors. So I would like yeah. change the colors to make like make myself look as <laughs> the best as I possibly could. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if the background was terrible, I had like a like a like a fake background in the back that yeah. matched my outfit. <laughs> wow, the things fashion majors go through. All right, I didn't do all of that, but I did, I did blur I my background. <laughs> No, blurring wasn't enough. I was like, I need to have a fake background. I need, to, need it to match my outfit. <laughs> See, our industries are so different. We're so much more like nonchalant about that stuff. For me, I find it fascinating that you put in so much effort towards looking at the specific company versus where I had to focus on that strategic planning, analytical stuff, technical stuff, right? Um, Excel is now a huge, huge part of my day to day. So Unfortunately, I wasn't taught how to use Excel during high school and then wasn't was required to learn it in college, but not to the extent that I'm using it now every day. So highly recommend that anyone pick up Excel because you're going to yeah. need it for, for everything, even if it's just like personal finance. This is um, really true. But yeah, I find it interesting because 
a lot of the companies, they didn't really ask me why I was choosing their specific company. Really? That's one of the first questions they asked for fashion. I mean, they, some of them did, but I don't think to the extent that you were asked, it was more like, why do you like, how do you see yourself working here? It was always very like team oriented, right? Which engineering you're kind of expected to do that. That's why we do so much group work during college. So they just really want to know how you work in like high stress deadline oriented. That's my favorite skill set. I, I, I mean, I actually am deadline oriented, so don't, don't, don't just lie, but, <laughs> but yeah, they're really focused on not just technical skills, but corporate will ask you about those soft skills because yes, they're working with you every day. Like they need to know. Yes. Like tone of voice. I didn't realize how important communicating uh, effectively, efficiently, and coming across well through email was I normally come across well through email but a person that I used to work with like she did not come across well through email even sometimes in person she didn't come across the right way explain that what does that mean not coming across well because some people might be subconsciously doing it like what does that look like what does not coming across well look like um her emails seemed sarcastic interesting okay but they like after getting to know this person I realized oh they're they're they literally just mean the best they're just trying to get the work done but -hmm. sometimes they just did not they just seemed like she was coming across sarcastic or kind of better than the other people same with um in person um she was in an assistant position as well but Mm. because she was very knowledgeable she tended to not know her place and I say that as someone who like my family's military of course both of our families are military so we really understand hierarchy so I, yeah. I'm really knowledgeable in hierarchy. I know how to speak the hierarchy language. I know how to deal with people who... Important. Who, yes, who value hierarchy. Um, she didn't understand how hierarchy worked um, and kept on getting out of her place. And you don't want to do that. There, When you're in corporate, there are power plays. It you are climb like it literally is climbing a ladder. You need to mm-hmm. first handle your rung before you go to the next rung. Don't be trying to jump and skip. And she was trying to hop, jump, and skip up the ladder. <laughs> That's I'm I'm glad you touched on that too because I do think this will be valuable. It's goodness, how do I say this? I just lost my train of thought about hierarchy (laughs) about hierarchy yeah because it definitely is a power move oh okay sorry apologize I don't want people to confuse standing up for what they believe in in the workplace um because you know they might feel intimidated by others you should you should never be in a workplace where you feel as if your opinion is not valued or that you're not valued so 
but knowing when to, to input feedback and advice, if you have opposing feedback, or maybe it's just a thought, just the way that you say things and the way that you present things, which I think is exactly what you were trying to get at is mm-hmm. very important because you don't want to rub people off the wrong way when your intentions are really pure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I just don't want people to get, uh, yeah, know, definitely don't, don't work in an environment where you don't feel like you're hurt. Of course. Like I, you know, I feel like my opinion is heard in my current workplace. My, um, they value my work ethic. They're really happy that I'm there. Um, but I also know how to work well in a team and know that, Hey, I'm, I'm not the leader. This is not my role to play. I am like a a helper, an assistant, a worker bee. Um, that is my position. And when I'm asked, or when I think that something may be a valuable value, I will let the person know in a respectful way. Absolutely. One way I've gone about doing that because I tend to be very, vocal and extroverted so I relate to your fellow co-worker but again (laughs) my intention is never to disrespect anybody so one way you can blatantly go about doing that especially if you see something alarming or maybe potentially have a red flag down the line is literally just say may I offer some feedback Mm -hmm. that's it and then if your upper manager says yeah sure or they might actually come back and say, you know what, let's table this. That means let's talk about it in private. If they, you know, if it's a very high level project that you're working on or something like that, or maybe they're actually in a rush, but they haven't told anybody. So you asking, you're essentially asking for permission to give your input. Um, And that was very strange for me to do, like, despite growing (laughs) up in the military, because I've always been very extroverted and I always, I feel like if I have an opinion with data or fair reasoning, then I should be able to state that opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Which works really well for like-minded people as myself, because we tend to understand that communication style, but that's not everybody else's communication style. (laughs) So some people literally take that as an attack. So it's really important to have empathy going into these larger organizations because yeah, some people just communicate completely opposite from you. Yes, they do not. Um, I do want to give, I want to go back and give more details about my position because it may come across like I have a, a full-time position and um, oh, okay. I want to give more details on that. So my current position is actually temporary. It's, it's temp to perm um, and I've been networking and everybody seems to really like me and enjoy and enjoy my my presence so I feel like the perm may actually be coming to fruition um but yes uh don't be afraid to work temporary positions uh, mm-hmm. especially especially if you're working remote but really don't be afraid to to pursue temporary positions especially if you're getting your foot in the door especially especially if you're just getting the foot in the door it because it's paid it's paid. It's a paid position. Um, and so there's, plus you get to learn the industry. What if you like, what if you're for fashion purposes, you're, you're temporary working for production for usually it's about three months and you realize this, this isn't for me. 
well, luckily you're a temporary employee and can go somewhere else and pursue yeah. more of like a merchant position or a sales team or um, technical design or design assistant. Like you are able to go through and and experiment with what you truly desire. I agree. And thank you for bringing that up because now that I'm in this full-time role, I now have a very much, and, and through like your experiences have a different outlook and perspective on contract positions, whether it's, you know, six months, 12 months, especially for new grads, because mm. my mentor back in undergrad told me your first job is always going to be incorrect. It's always going to be wrong because you're either going to realize that when you're working full time and then look for other people in the organization to pursue their position, because that's really what you want to do, you know, um, or as you mentioned, you actually put yourself in the position to be flexible for the future. So especially for students that might be completely lost, like it's winding down to your senior year. And I'm not saying I had it figured out by any way, <laughs> shape or form, but if you're really maybe unsure about your major all in all by senior year, not sure about the industry, not sure about the location, um, and you're a little bit more flexible, you know, with potentially looking for more opportunities in the next eight to nine months, I would definitely um, not steer you away from contract positions at all. I think yes. it's a great opportunity. I know a lot of people actually that either during the pandemic or a couple of years before you graduated um, had the same situation and got extended full time. Usually it happens because they've already invested time and money into so you. Time. Yeah. So unless you really don't want to work there or unless the people that you're working with in upper management don't see that you might be a good fit, there's no reason that they won't bring you on full time. Mm -hmm. And for me, as I was applying, applying to positions, most of the positions were asking at least two years experience. So um, one to two years experience. So once I complete this year in this temporary position, I'll have even more flexibility because I'd have the experience to start applying to different places. And right. yeah, but I do think that we should discuss internships because we both, we have different, differing views on internships. Denise mm -hmm. doesn't think that you need internships. I think you do, <laughs> but you can go. Okay. Let me, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I think internship experience is important, but I think general work experience is important because 99% of my interview questions that I responded back with were based on my on-campus positions. Now, if you count those as internships, great. If I, I personally don't because I'm working for my university, granted they were all in various departments and I had various roles, but I also included some of the summer jobs I had at restaurants serving. And there's always something to learn. If you go in with the mindset that, hey, I'm going to be here for the next two to three months, I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to really excel. I had sales jobs. I got employee of the month within three and a half weeks of working there just because I was really trying to understand the system and the thought process that I got to learn the backlog of, um, you know, the merchandise that was coming through. Everything is a business. 
I was just learning different parts of it at different positions. And that's why I feel like by the time it was, by the time it was time for me to apply for full-time jobs, the employers that valued that type of work ethic and those experiences were going to see right through the fact that I only had, granted, no one knew I had an unpaid internship experience, but there were some resumes I put out where I didn't even put that R&D position in. It was just my on-campus jobs and um, hobbies, the e-commerce business I started one summer that ended up not being all that successful, but I put in all my metrics in there because I learned so much stuff. So I really think it's more about the way you position yourself, how you sell yourself and tracking everything. Please track everything. Metrics, the amount of stuff you sell, the, the time it takes you to, to do tasks, if you bring clients in, all of that. I think internships are extremely important. I think without internships for me, I wouldn't have been able to narrow down exactly what I was interested in. Um, mm. I did realize that through through working at my fashion internship that mm, I really don't think that I want a fashion design for another person. This This isn't for me. Um, through my production internship, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. I was more in the background. I was, um, I didn't have, I, it, it limits your creativity a little bit, but I really enjoyed production because there's more opportunities for travel within business and traveling is a really big mm-hmm. part of my life. With technical design, I liked it because you were still able to kind of work with clothes And I used to be really passionate about um, pattern making and tailoring and kind of understanding that and technical design, you need a lot of experience for that. Mm. So I think with internships, I was really able to, to experiment and narrow down what I was interested in. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I didn't have, and because I hadn't had that traditional engineering experience. Um, I did struggle trying to narrow down that job search. But again, I stuck to what I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have these skill sets. I put them all together. I looked at them. I was, and I essentially pitched myself around my skill sets. I very rarely talked about the actual companies I worked for the, or um it was, it was more like, what was my role and how did I make a direct impact on that team or by myself? It was always numbers. For my, for, because I've had many, many, many interviews these past couple of months. Yeah. And um, they really care about experience, experience driven. It, like I mentioned before, it's never uh, numerically driven. It's always experience driven and, and who, you know, who can speak Mm -hmm. for your experiences. Um, so I had an interview and they're like, well, what do you, do you work in this system? Do you work in this product line management system? Do you work? Um, do you know what a, do you know what W I, uh, yeah. Do you know what WIP is? Cause in the, in the job descriptions, they'll just put the, what's called the, the acronyms yes yeah they'll just put the acronyms so you have to know what that means if you don't know what yeah. that means then you don't need to be applying to the position yeah so, 
You have to know the acronyms. You have to know that WIP means work in progress report. You have to know that PLM means product line management report. You have to know all of these different acronyms to show, to prove that you're actually knowledgeable um, and have experience working in these um, different things. Um, So they'll, they'll kind of talk to you about, uh, so I I work with vendors, overseas vendors. So then they'll talk to you about, oh, what is your system with overseas vendors? How do you give them the POs or purchase orders? How do you give them the SBDs or size breakdowns? So it's, you have to really understand the systems. I'm going to partially disagree with that only because my, my job description also had the names of the software tools that I now use on a daily basis that I didn't know about. I had no idea. I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even look back at what it was until my interview came up. Obviously. I did not. I did not. Um, and there was so much specific information because being a quote like engineer takes it's not a difficult position, but there's just very specified knowledge. Mm-hmm. And they asked me that during the interview and I proceeded to tell them, no, I do not have any previous experience in X, Y and Z, but I do have experience doing X, Y, and Z that could correlate to helping me learn X, Y, and Z. Mm. Always, that's what I'm saying. It's, I, I'm really good at sales. I enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> I personally enjoy sales. So once I, once I understood, and I, I'm going to say it, I cracked the code of the interview. I, at that point, by that time, and maybe that's why I received this position and it was such a good fit because it was kind of towards the end of all of my applications. And by then I had already been in what, 20 interviews, multiple stages. So just because you don't have that experience, never allow yourself to be put in a position where you don't tailor it around what you can do. You always put the focus back on yourself. This is we're not right. We're not emphasizing the things we can't do. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but I'm a quick learner. Boom. Yeah. And that's what I always mentioned because my, even though y'all, even though I have done three internships, they were still saying that I lacked experience. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I really feel like it's a scam because I, I don't think it's a scam. Well, I can't, I did have a paid internship, so that was lucky. So I can't say that it's a complete scam because it definitely allowed me to narrow down and figure out exactly what I was. Okay, trying. true. Yes, because my internship—if you have an internship where you're just printing copies and get printing copies and getting coffee—then obviously, yeah, it's a scam. You need to leave that internship because you're not getting any value. Like you're supposed to—it's supposed to be equal value. You're right. getting from them and they're getting something from you, which is free yes. work, which is worth a lot more, but whatever. <laughs> very, very good point. I worked and internships yeah. where I actually gained valuable knowledge of the industry. Fair enough. I would say that. Okay. I guess <laughs> my hesitation is coming from the fact that. I've seen people and I've also done it with limited traditional internship experience, but I do see where you're coming from. 
Um, I do think it's also important to touch on receiving equal value because as students, I feel, especially during COVID, I saw this a lot. So when I tell you all I have horror stories, I mean, I really do, because when it was time for me to get offers to places, recruiters were low-key lowballing in areas where there is a high cost of living, which I didn't understand. So I don't know, a part of me felt like they were kind of taking advantage of the class of 2020, my class of 2021, because people were desperate to look for jobs. If you feel that, or if your intuition tells you that when granted, please do your research regarding what you should be negotiating. That can probably be a whole different episode, but be, be cognizant of that especially when you're going in for um, interviews, whether it's internships or full-time positions. If you have an opportunity to talk with the people that you'll be directly working with, like your team members, ask them about upper management. Ask them about what areas of improvement they're working on. If you get to get the opportunity to speak with your direct manager or anyone in upper management that's directing them, Ask them what their management style is like. Do you want me to come present you all of the problems that I see, you know, as soon as possible? Or are you the managerial style where it's more, I don't want to hear anything until you have a solution to the problem, right? So like different styles of communication. And in the beginning, I was, I was really trying to, um, like I said, sell myself but not asking very relevant questions that would allow me to figure out if I would actually be happy working for that company, which was a mistake. Very Granted, I did get rejected from those, so maybe it was a sign, but um, I feel like a lot of people go through that interview process and not advocate for themselves or what's important to them because it, it should be an interview both ways. Yeah, I think this could be a another a separate episode where we talk about internships not internships where we talk about interviews and negotiations I think that could be yes, a different separate that's episode. gonna be my favorite episode <laughs> literally for all interviews and negotiations I call Denise and I'm like so how much do you think I should ask for <laughs> I love it I love it all right well I think we can wrap this one up y'all yes we can See ya. I don't know. We don't have an outro yet. We don't have an outro. <laughs> we don't have an outro or intro. I'm telling you, inner surveillance. surveillance. You did not do that again. I hate. Matter of fact, at the beginning, you just said Imani and Denisa. Like you never said this is inner surveillance. Like you never even mentioned the name. I don't think I did. Do we have to? Yes. <sighs> <laughs> This is inner surveillance checking out. I don't like that. Nope. Next. (laughs) We'll come up with a better outro another day. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Oh, wait. Let me stop recording that. And the.